Hey, Lioness. Welcome to the Lioness Method podcast for female business owners, entrepreneurs, and leaders who are passionate about growing their leadership skills, building amazing teams, and solving real-life problems with a growth mindset. I'm your host, Narissa Sue, Master Integrated Breakthrough Coach, and today we have the amazing pleasure of speaking with Colleen Brennan Vandersteen from Manitoba, Canada. She is the CEO and founder of Save Our Planet Refinery, igniting wholesale refill, or sorry, igniting the wholesale refill revolution for everyday brand products. And she is selling SOP systems to global industries, which will remove packaging and increase their profits. Now, Colleen is a mother of two adult children. She is a lean architect uh, with 35 years of technology experience with IBM Air Canada. And she also won several IBM automation awards in her career. Um, and she's also an amazing troubleshooter, innovator, concerned with or in about the number three world problem, which is packaging waste, which is creating a global crisis, um, which led her to found Save Our Planet or SLP Refillery. Dis transforming distribution, uh, creating new infrastructure with AI tech to remove packaging and enable wholesale refilling with everyday brand name products. To reuse if efficiency reduces costs about 20% and waste 100%, which is amazing, and the mega million tons of carbon emissions annually. Uh, she sells to B2B SOP systems, to global industries, uh, again, removing packaging and increasing their profits. So I'd like to give a warm welcome to Colleen. Welcome, Colleen. Well, thank you very much for this opportunity. I'm super happy to be on this podcast. It's wonderful. Thank you. Yes, and all the way from Manitoba, from Canada. So I'm also Canadian, so it's always lovely to be able to, to converse halfway around the, the, uh, the country here. Yes, I agree. <laughs> Fabulous. Excellent. Thank you very much. Of course. Well, I would love to just uh, dig right in because I am so curious about what you do. And I, I love the sustainability that your business is offering. Um, so I'd love to ask you just what is a lean architect for, for those that are listening right now? Um, I think some people in business have heard the term lean or lean in manufacturing. And it is improving process efficiency levels to reduce time costs and waste mm. and so as a lean architect um in technology they do it all the time they're forever automating in order to reduce the time and uh, uh, costs of course uh they tend to go hand in hand uh when you reduce uh time waste so um <clears throat> so in ibm lean was always a, a term as a lean architect, I'm looking at our process efficiency levels for every day. We are failed. We are in crisis due to many failed processes. I'm starting, I became concerned about the recycle programs that I could see were not uh, working efficiently. And um, so my story started when somebody gave me a tidbit. They said, Colleen, recycle's not working. I said, I just had my daughter, that's 23 years ago, and that tidbit hung with me i went I, not on my watch like I, it, we gotta fix this and you know with young children that's not gonna happen so 
we eventually moved out to the country and our drinking water, the well water didn't test well. I'd either have to boil it or whatever. So I found this 24 seven self-serve water refilling station. And after many years of going in there, <clears throat> I walked in this time and I went, wow, what a great business. It runs all by itself. I want one. <laughs> why do we stop at water? Why aren't we doing more? Cause I remembered the tidbit of recycle not working. And so that just triggered a whole new vision for me in because I've used the same containers for 17 years from this water refilling station. It's a great feeling to pay only for product and there's no waste. We need to take this forward, this reuse efficiency. And actually in the olden days, that's what they used to do. The stores used to bring in bulk and the, the customers would bring their own containers and refill. There was no packaging way back when. We're talking like 100 years ago, flour and all those things. This is the same concept, but now with automation and technology, we're going back to that. And it is great. It saves money big time. We are literally wasting around 3000 a year for a family of four on packaging. And it's literally throwing money away. And I've saved all my packaging for the last nine years. I live out in the country and I have a place to store it. It's huge. It will be the signage that I put my big, it'll be the signage post that's going to be, I'm going to, it's going to be clear glass. I'm going to pour it all in and go, there you go. Family of four over eight years, nine years, $28,000 worth of packaging. Wow. That's amazing how much waste we create. And, we, and I bet most families don't even they uh, realize it. They don't realize the, the cost, the dollars, and then also just the bulk waste. Like I, because we throw it away and somebody comes and picks it up, I'm sure most people don't even think about how much trash they're actually generating as a family. And I, I love the concept of being able to just come in and purchase the, the goods and just use like glass jars or have your own packaging. Um, so I know that kind of leads us to our, our next question because you, uh, you're alluding to, you know, for a family of four that it's like, it's tons of trash, but what do you believe is the root cause of global waste? The root cause to global waste is distribution. It's shelving. When you have shelving, you have to have packaging. So it was creating new infrastructure to remove the shelving and create a whole new system. And I, when I first started looking at it, I took this working model that I've been using. Go, okay, I can do this, this, and this. I've patented a high volume dispensing system with the least amount of resources. You can't go into business now, and I think the future is, unless it's sustainably designed. It, everything must be for the betterment of the world. You, you cannot go into business knowing something's going to ruin the planet. It will catch up to you and we will find out about it. So you might as well design everything for the betterment of the world. And that's how I see it. And so, so that everyone is blaming packaging as the root evil to everything, to global waste. It's the thing you see, but it is not the root cause. The root cause is distribution. As a lean architect and troubleshooting, that's what you have to look for. And mm -hmm. so it's, it's, it's solving that issue. So this is high volume dispensing with the least amount of resources. And we every, every industry needs to reduce their waste and we can do that. We can help them with that and it will address 
their corporate credo, which is to reduce carbon footprint. Plus it reduces operating costs by 20%, product costs by 20%, and of course, zero waste. So that you reduce your operating costs with uh, waste frequency is reduced from daily to maybe weekly, and then maybe even longer. Mm -hmm. And all the way around, it sounds like. And all the way around. around. Yes, yes. It's just all good. Um, the, the, the current distribution model dictates what we buy. Mm -hmm. Whatever's on the shelf is all you can choose. So with this model, this creates a whole new consumer purchase power. Your desired style and size container. So whatever volume you want. I mean, I, I if I buy Dove soap, let's just say Dove soap. I get eczema, so I love Dove. And mm -hmm. I have to go in there and pay like $7. And I'm looking at it going, I don't like the packaging. I don't want the volume. I want double. I got to buy two. So I'm paying $14 for hand soap and I'm going, it's ridiculous. I'm sure the products may be a buck. Mm -hmm. It's all packaging. It's all profit hidden in the packaging. Um, it's time to leave that, that whole status quo mm -hmm. and um, make change. We, we, this world is in crisis. We need lean disruption really to supply chain. And what, what you're proposing sounds revolutionary because, I mean, we have a whole society built around branding you know, yes. and, you know, they're selling us that $1 soap, but there's also marketing and creative and an advertising budget. And um, as you know, and the packaging is also part of the advertising, right? So um, what you're suggesting is definitely, I think, more sustainable. Um, and I think that, do you think that you would get some pushbacks from some of the product makers? Because it would be, even though it's a sustainable uh, solution, it does mean less profits for them at the end of the day, right? Uh, I do believe there will be people that will be affected by this disruption. Uh, but it's for the betterment of the world, to be honest with you. Um, we would be better than a label because we could run a commercial. We could run... On, on the screens, we would run the commercial for the products they're buying. You could do anything. They could ask a question. We could answer it. Like there's, we would email the ingredients if they want it on their phone, easier to read. Um, definitely, it, it just improves a lot of the concept. Um, they can put a label on their containers. We'll provide the labels. But um, I think in the end, we will send kudos. Mm -hmm. yeah, kudos for you. For stepping up to save the planet. Definitely. Save the planet. It's smart, mm -hmm. sustainable savings economically and environmentally. It is a true triple bottom line with mm -hmm. new habits. Now, I love that. And um, one of the things that just came to mind when you're describing this is, you know, I don't know about um, where you're living, but here yes. um, they took away our paper menus because of COVID. And so everywhere you go, they have a QR, a QR code that you scan yes. um, and it brings up the information that you need to order from the menu or see all the products. So I almost see like this, this concept that you're describing to be uh, kind of similar. Like maybe it's a, just a QR code that they scan to get all of their product information. So they get a virtual label instead of, you know, having a paper packaging that's just gonna go into a landfill. I mean, um, I think we've all transitioned from like paper menus to online menus. So why not 
you know, transition out of um, solid packaging into virtual packaging, you know, where you can look online and, and have that similar experience and see the contents of what you're buying and everything. Uh, told, I, I completely agree. Um, besides, we have to stop killing trees and we have to stop, we need to keep them. So this whole packaging concept, and again, online shopping, everyone loves it, but it's not sustainable in, in, anyways because of the packaging issues again mm -hmm. uh the convenience i get and understand uh i'm i'm not one for that but i think when we restore retail as the most sustainable process you will see more change again um from that trend uh i think that eventually the world is going to i think we're calming down and resetting to our thought processes as to what we were doing I think COVID was that kickstart of what we needed to slow down the mess that we were on 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 fast pace to um, not doing right for the world. And mm -hmm. it was time to, that kickstart definitely did wonders for anyone who's environmental. It, it pushed us all forward because it was what the visual came to everyone. Um, when people can see the, you know, the sky because it's not cloudy or foggy or, you know, air polluted. You, you, they saw the difference completely. And it was everyone just staying home to see the mess that we're creating. So the mm -hmm. number one problem of the world is fossil fuel. And um, it, I believe if we all transition and do different things in that area to stop using them, we will be fine. I think the world will will uh, see change. And if I bring in and save the waste, we change energies, we change transportation, we change supply chain, we will see a radical difference in the world and we will be fine. I think the world will heal and we will, we will continue on and we will think better, uh, far more uh, in business development and who, who needs to be operational, who doesn't. If you're destroying the world, my my suggestion is don't bother. And also, I think ultimately, you know, I have a six year old son. So I'm always thinking about what type of world are we leaving for the next generation? You know, what type of, of resources? And, you know, so obviously what we're doing is not sustainable. And I love that you mentioned that. I mean, you, yes, during the, the pandemic, we we saw an automatic like even just shutting down China. Yes. You know, just for that brief amount of time, they were able to see, like you said, see the sky for the first time. And there's dolphins and the wildlife started to come uh, come back and the trees were growing and the water cleared up just from us sitting still for like literally a month or two. So what an impact, you know, uh, humanity has on the planet and, and the earth. Um, so I know that you were telling us a little bit about uh, the Save Our Planet, uh, Save Our Planet Refinery. So what stage in development are you in, in your project, in your so company rather? As a, yes, as a lean architect going through many processes and stepping out of my bubble of tech to get into the business world and economic development and the governments and using them all for the first time, I went, I can see why we're in trouble. They're not, they're not working. They're all failed. Uh, uh, finance and funding and the assessments uh, in the capital markets is archaic. 
to be honest with you. And it is still old fashioned in how you get capital. You search, it's a manual search. You try to find and strategically try to match up, but they all assess the same way. They assess everything as a trend. However, there are ventures like myself that we're not a trend. We're actually essential to the world actually surviving. So it's now essential. And they could not get past financials. Mm. They, they don't, they, it's not like they go. So critical thinking skills are absolutely essential now when a world is in crisis. And I see that as a skill that's not being used in finance or economic development or by the governments. They all claim they're, they all claim they're about the environment, but on the other hand, they'll fund fossil fuels or they'll. So you you can see that there's there's a there's issues. There's still issues that need to be resolved. So um, yeah, I I I have to say, as much as I hate the process, it's been um, trying to survive. Uh, with failed processes has really been difficult for me. I, I can't tell you. I, I do shake my head many times <laughs> and go, I have to get past this point. Mm -hmm. If I get past this point, I'll be okay. And that's how it's surviving by people who step up to say, I see the value. And it's rare, but it happens. Like even for yourself, thank you for recognizing the venture and what it, what we're doing. Uh, I'm forever grateful to people that have stepped up and especially those in you know, family and friends and people I don't even know of that came to me and said, Colleen, we need to help you get going. And it was really great. I mean, it's been wonderful. Uh, podcasts have been uh, a great uh, platform to, to get message across as well, that there are changes coming. There's still, um, hope for everything and there are ideas everywhere I, I guarantee you there's wind there's solar there's you know the EV cars are all everything's changing the batteries are improving everything's getting better we mm -hmm. will improve it just needs step up by finance to get everything funded so we can see the growth and the changes coming that's that's it's all me. I can say um, yeah. So really, it's you're really looking for funding at this point. You're looking for people that could be angel investors or actual backers, financial backers to get to get this off the ground. Well, I can now announce uh, about a month ago, I got a call from somebody else who's in the environmental who actually has been awarded EU green bonds at uh, mm. a fair amount. And so he's taking on projects to help him grow the money. And I'm one of them. So I'm very oh, fabulous. Grateful. Congratulations. Yes. Yes. It's been, it was a great, I kept saying, are you joking? Full funding for my project. Are you joking? <laughs> nope. I'm not joking. I see the value. I, we, we need to get you up and operational and ASAP. If you're reducing waste, we want to be a, okay. Honest. I, I don't think my feet touched the ground for a day. I was walking on air. I was walking on air. It was good. It was very good. I've had, I have had quite the story. I want to do a movie and it will be a movie that will be a combination of Aaron Brockovich finding the answers and the problems and creating something. And then social network, how the business community actually works. Mm -hmm. I want people to see what you're going through 
and where it's not working. Where well, that's, that's a great place to, to dive in a little bit deeper because I'd love mm -hmm. to know more about, you know, what challenges you needed to overcome in order to start this business? Like where does, where did this dream come from? Um, well, it came from that vision of looking at things from the tidbit that I learned that recycle wasn't working. So just that I, I, I would say to people, when somebody says something to you, that's kind of out of the ordinary, that you're not really believing that tidbit just kind of hung, it, you know, and I went and I, after when I started looking at the system, I went to the recycle. I phoned across Canada. I phoned across North America. What are you guys doing? Blah, blah, blah. Nobody's, it's, there's a reason why we're seeing it in the oceans and in the landfills on mega, on grand scale. It's because it's not working. And that tidbit, I was like everyone else believing things are working as they should. And they're not. So mm -hmm. when people say, well, you know, economic development isn't working. That's a tidbit that you're going to hang on to and go, well, it's not working. And mm -hmm. why isn't it working? Yeah. So I think I think when people step up, when they hear something that says this isn't working, then, you know, um, you know, everyone makes their own decisions. Um, I'm I'm totally a lean researcher where I must have all my answers before I can go in. And most capital kept saying to me, well, consumers aren't going to change. I go, well, you know what? I'm not going to change consumers. I'm going to change business. That's how I'm going to make the change. Consumers, will, we will be retail convenient and they can come in whenever they want. Exactly. And I think it, you just said it. When you offer people different options, then they will be more apt to, to choose it and get used to it, especially when they see the value of what it is. And you're tackling such a big animal. And this is not a small thing. Yeah. So how do you get inspiration and maintain clarity for your vision? Um, I would just keep going i you know i would in the beginning i had such a big vision i couldn't even explain it people would ask me and it took me almost two years to kind of come up with something um because i was still researching and I, when i'm not confident uh, because i didn't have all the answers i it took a long time to even it took minimum three years minimum three years to actually create a business model and actually look how can we change this and it has to be it has to be hitting and solving not one problem but many problems and when you're solving many problems you will be successful i guarantee you because um the solving of a problem not just global waste but improving costs and and efficient and um and you know Reducing waste, reducing supply chain um, inefficiencies, and um, taking taking and making people feel better about everything that they're doing. Like I said, when I just fill my mm -hmm. container, I feel good. I'm only paying for the product, and I have zero waste. I want people to feel good about things. You know, yeah. I'm looking like all these containers I have here. You know, these are things that we we would fill. These are my favorite containers. May I suggest <laughs> everyone keep theirs? Yes, I was wondering why you had containers right yeah, behind you, and now it yeah. makes sense. <laughs> dish, dish detergent. I love the, these containers because they have the handle, and you can refill smaller containers 
like mm -hmm. for me dish soap or whatever hand soap oh my god i'm gonna fill that i'm gonna fill a 25 gallon pail with hand soap i i went through <laughs> which are my biggest products hand soap hand soap hand sanitizer all those have picked up now so we mm -hmm. can sell those in bulk and five gallon up we can fill anything so save our planet refillery will mm -hmm. be the first 24 7 self-serve multi-car drive-in refilling station for cleaning products personal hygiene products we're targeting we have four revenue we're marketing four revenue streams selling product we're promoting eco-organic however we're neutral to any product we're starting mm -hmm. with non-edible liquid powder granular and small items and moving to edible liquid powder granular well, it sounds amazing so you, you can get your everyday products that you need um, and going back, I know that you mentioned that just because you, you said something really interesting. So I want to dive a little bit deeper in for the listener is um, you said it takes about two to three years to even get your business model kind of together and to kind of find your voice as an entrepreneur to be able to speak your vision in a way that people understand what your mission is, what you're really trying to accomplish, and also to pull out the confidence so I love that when you yeah. said that. So can you tell us a little bit more about that process? Uh, again, what some of the things that worked for you to build that confidence in speaking about your, your vision and being able to convey what it is that you're trying to do in the world. It took a long time to get that, that pitch, that one minute, you know, tagline that, that mm -hmm. would actually. So what are, what are some tools that you use that were really helpful? I, t I was constantly, constantly uh, attending business courses. If I had no meetings, I was going to courses, free courses and a lot of business courses, learning to speak. And that gave me practice because every time you go to these business courses, you had to pitch. So that was my free opportunity to keep practicing my pitch and there was always feedback so that feedback was informative and and i was constantly what didn't they get what am i not saying what like how am i not saying and you're trying to get that concise um message across what you're actually doing it did take a long time and the confidence <laughs> was nowhere near where i barely wanted to speak um it was too big of a vision and i had nothing to uh, like they're going, is it a kiosk? Like they'd be saying, they'd be <laughs> me, is it, what is it? Like, what is it? Oh, it was really, it was funny actually after a while, but you know, and then when you're solving a big problem in finance, they have a number, they have a number that they're not going over. And I was well past that number. And uh, it was learning that, like there's so many things you have to learn. And it was learning that what they weren't looking at was the, the value I was bringing to the world. All they were concerned about is a number. And this is where I saw that it took a long time. I'm going, what are they looking at? Like what is <laughs> that is not getting, they get excited, but then they hear a number and then, they, then it blows up and you kind of go, are you kidding me? I'm solving a big problem. It's a thousand billion dollar problem on an annual basis. Waste industry is making 863 billion. Global industry, the global retail reports a hundred billion loss through theft and shrinkage. I'm solving that one. And then there's ocean cleanup. I'm solving big problems. And you're concerned about my little number? No, no. You guys have to change. Like finance needs to change. Uh, they need to mature. Mm -hmm. 
Oh, the world's in crisis. That's a whole new new strategy now. Well, it's you're, what you're talking about is you're, there's, we're speaking two different languages. I mean, the, the language Correct. of finance and the language of the doers, right? The visionaries is so, I mean, the, I think that is a whole conversation that's been happening for millennia, right? So there's always the numbers, guys. So we, it is a fine, I think as an entrepreneur, trying to find that that commonality, that commonality where they can see um, that it's not just about the bottom line, right? Especially when we're talking about preserving um, humanity, preserving the earth for, for more generations. So Yes. And you have a six-year-old, so you, you'll get even more concerned, like the the you know the young ones that are there it's it's just they get 10 and then then the kids are scared they, you know they're hearing all this stuff and they're they're upset so mm -hmm. to see something actually happening and changing i guarantee you they get excited they're happy again they need to see change for the betterment of the world and i think finance needs to realize that mm -hmm. so it's been, it's been that that type of it's been quite the journey, can I just say? <laughs> yeah, it really is this entrepreneurial journey. And I love how you said that you weren't really prepared to do public speaking, which I think a lot of entrepreneurs, they have no idea. They, they just have this dream or they have this calling in their heart and they, they find out and figure out what their purpose is. And then they're like, oh no, now I have to like get out in front of people and be vulnerable and, and speak, you know, and, and be able to stand up and give presentations and, understand marketing and the finances. And so it is, it's a big undertaking to tackle. Can I just tell you, I work for IBM from home. Like working from home has been my thing for over 20 years. I didn't speak much. I was great at texting what I wanted to say, but when I first started, I had to go to Toastmasters to learn how to present <laughs> again. It was hilarious because I would look at them and I didn't want to say anything. I'd rather Toastmasters is such a great resource. Uh, I mean, it, no, really it was pulls you out of, out of your phenomenal. Show. It brought out a lot of uh, prepare your message, and it was it was very excellent for me. I love that. That's a great tip. And what are some books or speakers that have changed your life during this journey? Um, I would highly recommend. Um, the CEO of Patagonia, when I first heard him, who is a Canadian as well, from Montreal originally, uh, and he told his story how he created, and he brought up some in very interesting um, concepts when it comes to business. The fact that pe a lot of businesses go IPO or public, uh, I think that's a, a huge mistake. And I will never go public. As long as I'm running this company, I don't need that many bosses. And I think it's the shareholder shareholder greed that creates issues within the businesses and the whole reason why we get into problems. Um, so I will never be, Save Our Planet Refillery will always be a private company as long as I'm around. And um, I do have three phases to removing shelving in stores. This is phase one of three. So there's a lot of innovation to come. And I hope people are, will be excited about the new changes to, and the new experience that you'll feel when you go into Save Our Planet Refillery, which will be a, a big sunroom uh, refilling station. It'll be an interesting experience for everyone to uh, enjoy. Mm -hmm. no, it's certainly a revolutionary um, idea, and I can't wait to see how it further develops. And now that you have funding, 
It's a very yeah. exciting time. Yes. So I want to be mindful of your time. I know we're coming up here on just over half an hour. So I want to ask you uh, two more questions. And the next question is, what's the biggest challenge with your business right now that if it were solved, you'd be able to earn more money, have more time or, or freedom for yourself personally? The biggest challenge was just getting funding. I think I think nothing nothing will ever surpass that one. It was the most frustrating time, the most challenging. Uh, how do you get past this point? How it it was always at reaching out to people. You know, can you help me? You know, like it was it was constant. It is looking for funding is ninety eight percent time waste. 98%, 2% productive. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah. Um, so I think that's the, the biggest challenge. Funding for everyone. And they say 85% fail or 90% fail. I see why. They run out of time and they run out of money. That I get. I totally understand it. It needs a whole new streamlined process. I have a design. I have four major projects after this, by the way. And it's leaning out a lot of a lot of waste, whether it be over administration, lots of money waste, whatever it may be, and generating waste. I, I see it. There's there's many projects that come along through economic development and other things. So that's amazing. What an opportunity to make a big difference in the world. Yeah, I'm well, getting older, and, and, it's, <laughs> and it's it better hurry up. That's all I can say. Just hurry up, guys. Yeah, up, <laughs> you're like I am ready. I am yeah, ready. I'm very I'm ready. Okay, I think well, I'll be like the elephant in the china shop. I'll they get out of my way because it's <laughs> like move out of the way. I'm ready. <laughs> ready. I love it. Yeah. Well, what's been your biggest win recently, personally? I know um, you already shared that you got funding for your <clears throat> for your company. What's another big win that you've had personally? The big win is finding the right location that I feel will allow me to demonstrate the drive-in and the walk-in model in one key location that'll be, um, and the new building model that will come. We, we can adjust. I mean, it will market the four revenue streams. And I think the other is designing sustainably. Number one, the franchising model. I have six U.S. cities and I have three international cities. However, I've created a new one, more on sustainable economics by selling countries manufacturing franchise and allowing them to grow jobs and allowing them to keep it within their country and keep it local to minimize carbon emissions. It's a new concept. Nobody's doing it. I'm going to start it. I have uh, numerous countries now looking at that, and I will gladly grow the jobs and let them go. Let them go grow it. Make it fast. <laughs> they can't speed up fast enough. And the last one is just selling systems to blow, soft systems to industries such as airports, hospitals, military, universities, automotive, you, you name it. Everything needs to change. And so we will be selling systems to all them. And then the last fourth revenue stream is selling systems in case in building models. If they want the building model, we can do it. And so that'll be the biggest win, getting going on all four revenue streams and it, transforming what we're doing now in the fastest pace we can. Amazing. 
Well, I, I absolutely love this. Thank you for spending some time with us uh, today to share your vision. And I can't wait to see the next phase. And how can people get in touch with you if they're interested in learning more about your work? What's um, the best if, ways? Yeah, I think the best way to get a hold of me is you can send a message through the website. You can, I can post saveourplanetrefillery.ca. Um, it has information there for con connecting. And I'm on LinkedIn and I'm on Clubhouse and I'm on t Twitter. <laughs> Definitely we're all there. And uh, th through you. <laughs> <laughs> Fabulous. And I will put all those links in the show notes below too. And thanks again for coming to spend uh, this time with us and for sharing all of your knowledge about sustainability. And um, I want to thank the listener. Thank you for listening all the way through to this, yes. this point. And also just to invite you, if you're listening, to come and attend the virtual breathwork circle that we have every Wednesday night. I will drop that link in the show notes as well. Um, it's for leaders just like you that are holding up these large, heavy vis visions. And you need a place to just come and decompress, to download, to let go some of the stress. So again, you can find me at www.breathewithris.com to sign up for our Wednesday night virtual circle at 7 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. And that is our show for today. Thank you again, Colleen. And I will see you again next time, guys, or listen or hear you again, speak okay. with you. <laughs> so, great opportunity to speak with you. Thank you so much. Yes, have a fabulous rest of your day. Bye Thank for you. now. Thank you. Live in gratitude and be light. Yes. Thanks. <laughs>